Hello, Patriots. Welcome to the Pleasant Valley Patriot Podcast. I'm your host, Stu Gannon. Thanks for joining us for the first episode in our series. This podcast was created as a way to help families connect in a different way with our school. We envision it as a way to share with our community what our students and staff are doing all day and let it be a forum for student voices. I recently sat down with our STEM teacher. Hey, I'm Lori Wilson and I teach STEM here at Pleasant Valley Middle School, grades fifth through eight. And as far as basketball goes, I've had about 20 years of playing experience and this is my first year coaching a team. And both of our PE teachers. Uh, my name is Crystal Sailing. I am the health fitness teacher at Pleasant Valley. This is my eighth year here. I've also played uh, a long, long time. I've played since fourth grade, um, and I've been coaching for about 16 years, a little bit here at Pleasant Valley in the off season before we had sports, and then at other high schools and um, around Portland and Vancouver. And I'm Josh MacArthur. I'm one of the health and fitness teachers here, Pleasant Valley. This is my fifth year um, teaching here, and I've coached uh, basketball for about six years and played all through um, middle school and high school. The topic of our conversation was the recently reintroduced basketball program at PVM. Okay, well, thanks to all of you guys for being here for this. We want to start off by talking a little bit about the history of the basketball program at PVM. So prior to sports coming back to middle schools, which just happened in the last couple of months, uh, you coach basketball as an extracurricular activity. Will you tell us something about that? Well, we've had like lots of different um, versions of this. We've, Crystal and I have coached um, groups from this school, like tournament groups where um, we got a, a group of, of boys together and we would play um, tournaments on the weekends. And we've even kind of started our own youth sports organization that we ended up having to shut down after about a year. But we've coached a lot of um, a lot of different players that went on to be pretty successful in high school. And um, we put in a lot of time and a lot of hours. Recently, we did some after-school extracurricular stuff where it wasn't really a team. It was just some skills and um, scrimmage um, and stuff like that. Crystal, anything you want to add? We're just trying to get uh, the younger grades more involved because they don't, they aren't getting the same opportunities as the 7th and 8th graders are. So that's kind of why we started doing what we were doing and then also what we were doing now is just to to get the younger kids involved and excited and, and working with the program and the coaches. So the students that you guys coached in those programs have, some of them have moved on to high school. Um, in your experience, what kind of impact has this program had on students who went through it? Well, I think one of the main things that's really cool about playing on a team with kids that actually go to your school because um, there's a lot of club sports around here and it's just a bunch of, you know, it ends up being random kids from all over, sometimes even in different cities, you know, kids from Portland and from, you know, Ridgefield, all just kind of coming together in Vancouver and it's a random group of kids and there's not a lot of cohesiveness. So when you play with kids who go to your school and maybe the neighboring school like Lauren Middle School, 
it builds team bonds uh, that can't really happen when you play on a team where you're not going to play in high school with those kids. It's just a, a club. So there's something really special about doing this. That's, that makes a huge impact on the future of the program as well in high school. I think it's also given kids the uh, opportunity to learn about what high school ball is really about. Um, I don't want to knock AAU programs in general because there are a lot of really good ones out there, but there are also a lot of programs that just sit in a two, three zone and and don't work on the man to man principles that you need to learn how to do when you get to a high school. And so I think that's something that we brought to our kids is just teaching them how to be prepared for high school ball, how to be a good role player. So when you play AAU, everybody on your team is good. Um, When you play on your school team, it's a wide range of skills and abilities and and you have to learn to work with everybody on your team and you have to learn to play your role. And I think that that was one thing that we really helped to bring to our kids and helped them carry over into the high school atmosphere. So we've talked before about your philosophies when you're coaching these programs and you've mentioned continuity quite a bit. Will you say a little bit more about that? I think that's one of the things that we're really hoping to achieve now Um, we've gotten a new head basketball coach for both the girls and the boys this year up at Prairie, and they've already really gotten very involved in our programs. Um, They've come to our games already. They've come to our practices and introduced themselves. They're going to start doing camps in the spring and possibly in the summer, and I think that builds uh, a dream for some of our younger kids just to kind of see the older kids and where they're at and and gives them some space to get involved before high school. And then there's us. And then beyond that, we hope to build below us as well. So we're hoping to get our younger kids involved in in our program somehow. Not sure what that's going to look like yet, but we have been talking about doing skill sessions during the off season for our younger kiddos, maybe even as young as third grade. So we want to build from the bottom up because really that's how you build a successful program and how you build a good culture. So um, hopefully we just keep rolling with it and we can get all our young kids involved and, and move that on up through the middle school and then to the high school as well. Yeah. Our district has been at a huge disadvantage for 40 years because really they've depended on outside clubs to to coach up their players that are eventually going to make it into the high school program and for some of these kids high school basketball or high school sports are like the highlight of their lives you know it's um, some of the most fun they have great memories and so having some actual programs building a culture from the lower level all the way up is super important and we'll, we'll bring, I think it'll take a little while for our district to see the effects of it, but that's a huge advantage to be able to have some culture built from third grade on up. So for those of our listeners that haven't heard, uh, Battleground just got back middle school sports after a 40-year hiatus. And we just finished up the boys' basketball season, which was our first round of sports since this happened. What do you guys want the listeners to know about the successes that you saw? And it was incredible. Um, it felt very historic. As as someone who I went through this middle school, I went through this district as a student, I would have given anything to have the opportunity to play what our, our boys' season just was like. I We saw a lot of success. We saw kids who 
have never played on a basketball team before ever come out and um, put forth huge effort and, and really work together and learn. Um, for, speaking for the seventh grade team, we had a lot of success. We had a lot of talent on the team, but not only did we have talent, we had kids with really good character and that were good team players and got others involved. It was really, really cool to see. Um, I know that it was a lot of fun and a lot of them are looking forward to, uh, to next year. So those of us that went to those games noticed that at times there was some unsportsmanlike behavior from some of the spectators. What I want you guys to do is just give us an idea for the students that are listening. What makes a good spectator at any sporting event? I think one of the biggest things is just to keep things positive. This can happen. It can be really easy to be negative because we're complaining about the refs and we're complaining about the fouls and and parents are complaining about the refs and students are complaining about the refs and it just it can be really easy to be negative but i think the best thing is to if you're going to say something out loud make sure that it's positive and encouraging towards both teams uh, no matter what the kids who are out there are, are giving their best effort and and they're there to to improve and make progress and i think it's really brave that any of them are playing, especially with this season, there's a lot of new players that have never played before. It's super brave. And, and when they get out there and they hear people making negative comments, it, it really brings them down. So I think just lifting each other up, keeping things positive is the best way to go. I think putting all of your energy into hyping up your team and going crazy for when your team is successful, I think that's the most fun. I remember watching like when I was in high school, going to girls volleyball games or girls basketball games and just going absolutely crazy in the crowd when there was success and not really worrying about the refs and not worrying about the other team. Of course, that's always, you know, there's always going to be some people that do that, but really hyping up your team and going crazy for them is, is what's most fun. And like what Crystal was saying, keeping things positive, complaining about the refs is never, ever going to make things better ever yelling at the ref saying that's a terrible call will will not change it won't change the call and it won't make things better in the future it'll actually give your team a disadvantage so being negative ends up hurting your team i think that the fans need to realize that they're a part of the culture with the basketball team and when they're there and cheering it's just a they're adding to the game they're adding to the experience they're part of the experience and just keeping it positive and being there to support whoever is playing is really what they need to be keeping in mind as a fan at any of the games and sporting events that we hold here. They're, they're becoming part of this culture. And um, I know that the girls from coaching just one game are really aware of who's at the game and who's there supporting them. And um, it's just really cool to see when the fans are being positive and being part of that experience for them. Crystal brought up a good point that people may not think about. Uh, some of these students, this is the first time they've played an organized sport and for sure the first time they've played sports at their middle school. As coaches, one of the things you have to contend with is anxiety and sometimes even fear in players. What does that look like for kids and how do you support the kids that want to play but may be held back because of how they feel? We had a lot of this before the season started and Crystal gave the girls a survey 
Uh, Crystal, did you want to share about that? Yeah, I I just noticed um, at the be before we even started, the we were trying to recruit super hard because we were worried that we weren't going to have enough players to make a team or two teams. Ideally, we wanted to have three teams, but we had no idea what those numbers were going to look like. And so we were recruiting really hard and we were just asking kids that were good kids to come out and play. They'd never played basketball before. And, and we were asking kids who were fit to come out and play and, and people who worked hard in our PE classes. And we were just, we just wanted to get numbers out and almost all the kids that we talked to, even the ones who had some experience with basketball were like, nah, I I don't think I want to do that. And I couldn't really figure out why because they enjoyed doing it in class. And so I needed to get a little bit deeper with them. So I I sent out a little survey and, and asked them like, what are your main fears? What are your anxieties? What are your worries about this season? Why, why are you hesitating to play? And across the board, it was just worried about disappointing people, their friends, their teammates, their coaches, their family members. They were worried about what the fans were going to say to them when they missed a shot. Uh, They were worried about what they would look like to the rest of the school when they didn't have very good skills. And so we really just tried to assure them that mistakes are opportunities for growth and that being out here working hard and making progress is way more of a goal for us than being really good at basketball and winning. We obviously want to win. We're all three of us are super, super competitive and we hate losing, but we also understand that progress is way more important to focus on and, and that mistakes are opportunities for growth. And so we've really just been trying to hammer that into their heads. You know, it's okay to make a mistake. You look at college players, NBA players, WNBA players, like they all make mistakes. They have turnovers. They miss shots. Good shooters, the best shooters in the NBA are shooting, are missing half of their shots. So it's like, it's okay to mess up. And if somebody's going to get down on you for that, they just don't understand this game. It's also interesting too, that a lot of the people who are the ones who would make fun of or give a hard time to someone who's playing that's never played before, they're not out there themselves. So it really is about bravery and, and getting out there. And so I always just have found that interesting. It's like, wow, you're, you're making fun of someone when you're not brave enough yourself to get out there and try. The fears and telling them that pushing through those fears and just getting this experience is going to really be rewarding for them. So um, our goal with the girls that were hesitant was just to support them and help them build confidence and teach them that we can push through fears when we have those and and be better and keep growing. I also wanted to talk about something that um, Coach Drew and I try to teach a lot with our girls is to not get stuck in our anxieties and our fears. So we want our girls to acknowledge all of the emotions that they're going through, the good and the bad to understand that they're all super valid and like, this is hard. It is hard to be in front of a crowd. It is hard to mess up. It is hard to, to move on, but to not get stuck in that, that bad feeling, that bad worry, we're really focusing on um, next play mentality. So for those of you who haven't heard that term, it's just focusing on what happens next rather than what happened before so that we can kind of leave 
the mistakes in the past and uh, learn from those and then move on and, and really be able to change our thinking into instead of, oh, I just I just made a turnover into what can I do better next time so that doesn't happen and just keep playing the game. And I think they're doing a pretty good job with that. From the beginning of the the beginning of practice for the first few days, they they didn't even want us to like watch them shoot free throws. They're like, coach, stop looking at me. And I'm like, I'm supposed to look at you. I'm here to to help your form. I'm here to help you learn how to get better. And and I think now I don't have too many of those now, but I had a lot of those at the beginning. And just that is telling me that they they trust us. They trust the process. And and they're learning that it's okay to make mistakes because it like Josh says, it's all data teaching us how to do something different later. So Crystal, you just mentioned that the students are starting to trust you and the process. When we've talked before about this, you mentioned female leadership. What does that mean to you and why is it important? I think female leadership is is honestly somewhat hard to define, but I think starting at the very beginning, I asked Coach Wilson, I was like, do you, I, I want you to coach. I really want you to coach these girls. And I think that the girls need some some strong female leadership because sport, the sport world is so saturated with male coaches, even in female sports. And not to say that I haven't, I mean, most of the coaches that I've had have been amazing male coaches, but what I didn't have a ton of was good female leaders and somebody that I could look up to. And I think it kind of starts with that female leadership for us, we have to show the girls what good leadership looks like um, as coaches, and hopefully that can spill over into what that looks like for them. When Crystal did ask me, I was actually pretty hesitant because I have never taken on a head coaching role for a basketball team, and I knew what Crystal and Josh had been a part of and been building, and I know how great coaches they are. So... I was feeling those anxieties diff- as a coach that some of those players were feeling and just like making sure that the girls would be getting a good coach and the best coach that they could get. Um, Josh and Crystal have done great at this, but I also was hearing what Crystal was saying and that uh, it, sports are male dominated and these girls, it is an opportunity for us to show them that, women can step up and and be involved in sports just as much as men. So I think that um, this whole process of learning and learning from them and getting to help be a part of leading these girls has just been really amazing. I think one of the other things that I, I really wanted to touch on was with female leadership, what I'm hoping that my girls can learn how to do is to lift each other up. I think that's one of my primary goals is to learn to lift, to learn to build each other up, to create a culture of positivity where we can enhance each other's self-esteem. I'm super proud of my team right now. I've only been with them for three weeks, but we have some amazing leadership on our team. I mean, it is constant positivity. When kids miss layups, make a bad passing turnover, the, everybody on the team's like, you got this, like you got the next one. They make they make a shot in practice. Everybody is screaming their head off to the point where it's like ridiculous. 
I've never coached a team that was that positive with each other. So they're already exemplifying a lot of the leadership qualities that I was hoping to bring to them. But that is something that I really want to focus on is just lifting each other up. It's not something that we just need in girls sports. It's something we need in our world. I think girls sometimes can be really mean to each other, especially in middle school and learning to uh, build each other up, lift each other up rather than bring someone down is just something that we need more of in this world, especially middle school, but just the world in general. I think girls can really get after each other, even adult uh, females. So I think it's important for us to teach our girls that we need to stand together and unite and and build up instead of break down. You just alluded to student leadership, which it sounds like uh, you're hoping will trickle down from what you guys are doing. I know that's a big focus for all of you on your team, student leadership. What does that look like for a seventh or eighth grader? And do the best players make the best leaders? Not always. Sometimes being the best can get in the way of being a good leader. Um, Sometimes, you know, most of the time people who are the best on the team, they know it and they can think that they deserve special treatment and deserve more slack um, and don't have to work as hard. So absolutely not. Being the best does not make the best leader. It's really, really cool though when you are the most skilled player and you can also be the best leader on the court because then you can make everyone better. But to me, what makes a really good leader is, is someone who is encouraging to their teammates, but also is just there to work hard. Leading by example is is my favorite trait in um, a, a youth athlete. And so really leading the charge by, you know, no matter what your skill level is, being willing to go the extra mile in practice and in games. Um, there's a quote that, you know, it's, it's when I was going through the Prairie basketball program, it was all around. It was, there's no traffic jam on the extra mile. And so I know for me, when I'm looking at a student leader or like an athlete on on the team, who's a leader, um, I'm looking for someone who's willing to go that extra mile. I agree with Josh and leading by example is number one for finding a good student leader. And I think that consistent effort and positive attitudes are just huge with that. And making sure that whoever the leaders on the team are, or who it could be all of them, that they understand that they're, they're a reflection of the team as a whole. So it's really important to, to stay positive and just keep trying your best and keep pushing through and keep encouraging others. I think also with student leadership that trickles down from sports is we've, we've made a very conscious effort to hold the kids accountable for their grades and their behavior in class. I would like to say that they're improving dramatically. I mean, the kids know that every Wednesday they get grade checks. They know that they need to be improving their grades if their grades aren't as good as they should be. Uh, They've gotten better at checking for missing assignments, making sure they're not doing their work late, late. They have been more respectful to their teachers in times where there has been maybe some respect issues in class or maybe some lack of effort in class on assignments. Teachers have said to them, hey, you know, aren't you on the basketball team? Do I need to talk to Coach Saline? And that 
usually snaps them right back into place. So I think that's a huge advantage of having school sports as well as like, not only are they going to learn to be a better athlete, but they're going to be held accountable to be a better student. And in general, I think that's going to help with the discipline at our school because sometimes notoriously, at least at our school for the last five or six years, some of our biggest behavior issues have been with some of our good athletes, but now that they're being held accountable for their behaviors and their grades, they've kind of uh, changed their tune a little bit. So I think that impacts our whole school community in a positive way. Yeah, it's definitely been a learning curve for my team, especially with just being part of a team and understanding that at school and on the court and everything that they do is a reflection of the team and there's a bigger picture than just them and just having to really be on their best behavior, be, be trying in all of their classes, be kind to other students and giving their best effort always because that is, that's what's best for the team. Uh, it's, we've had a, a few little hiccups and girls have been learning some hard lessons with what it means to be part of a team. So it's been a lot of growing together and just knowing that it's not just a reflection of you anymore, what you do and how you act and your efforts are not a reflection of you when you're on a team. It's a reflection of the whole team and the whole program, really. All three of our teams are, are one. And a big part of being a coach is getting kids to understand that their actions affect everybody, not just themselves. Um, so how do you guys go about team building and what makes a good team member for you? Josh introduced me to a drill called Kentucky. And it's a shooting drill that my girls have a love-hate relationship with. And I think it has really helped them with some team building activities with just the sport in itself. And they have to make five shots in a row. And I think a couple of practices, it's taken us 30 minutes to to get the five shots in a row, we'd get to four and somebody would miss. And the first time we did it, they kind of got got down on themselves. And we talked about that. And there was a few of them that were getting down. And then the second time they did it, they were more encouraging. They were determined to get it. Still took just as long. And then yesterday we did it and they were done in about five minutes. And I just think that they're slowly learning to, to keep going, keep doing their best, keep encouraging each other and that's just an example through a drill that we do at practice but I think that everything we're doing is really helping them team build yeah for me this year it's been interesting because I've probably I was telling the girls I've probably coached over 2,000 athletes or so over my time coaching and this has been one of the most fun teams I've ever coached and I haven't had to put a ton of effort into team building, but I do think what Josh and Lori had to say about, you know, having them um, with Lori's, you know, overcome something together, just something in a drill that's hard working to together to achieve that goal. Um, in the past, we've used a lot of goal setting and, and goal reflecting uh, before practice, before games, after games, kind of decompressing together that helps us move forward. Um, I think that building team is easy when everyone gets along, but when they don't, it can be a lot more difficult. So I've been fortunate this season so far. 
when things do get difficult, though, you have to do a lot of the things that Josh was talking about, spending time together, um, creating those opportunities to learn about each other as a person rather than just as a teammate can be really helpful. We don't have a ton of those luxuries right now just because of COVID. So I think that has worked against people in general for building that team. But it sounds like Josh's team got around that by doing things together, which is nice. I think even things like the bus ride to the away games, which today will be our first opportunity. Those I remember growing up were huge team building opportunities because you just kind of get to have fun and you don't have to worry too much about about the game. Um, so things like that, I think, are really crucial. Um, another thing is just like talking to each other and getting to know each other outside of school, the school setting. Um, things talking about things that are important. We had we did do one thing the other day that I thought was pretty cool, and it just happened randomly. But we all kind of started talking about where our ancestors came from and where our parents were born. And we all kind of got to see like a different side of each other. And and some of them were like, I don't even know where I'm from, but it was really cool. Like for everybody to kind of announce who they were, what their culture and their identity was. Um, I don't think they'd ever done that with a big group of people before. And so I think that was that tiny little thing that we did was super bonding that day. And everybody had a good time talking about where their families were from. So I've never coached a team like like I did last season before. Um, I, my seventh grade boys, they um, really took it upon themselves to build a team culture. And the way they did that is just right off the bat, they, they started a group chat and they were in the group chat like all the time talking with each other and um, even like sharing like feelings with how they played in a game, things like that. They were sharing really, really good stuff with each other. And they're also planning parties like crazy, like random movie nights, going to Sky Zone, things like that. I've never coached a team like this. And so going back to leadership, leadership, you can take on that role and really build your team culture from within as as an athlete. That's not only the coach's job, but it's kind of on the leader of the team, the student leaders themselves. I want to be respectful of your time because I know we all have places to be and things to do. So I'm just going to ask you one more question about something that I know is pretty integral to all of your coaching styles, and that's personal growth. When I hear you guys talk about kids in sports, you often bring up personal growth. How are students positively and negatively affected by going from scholars to scholar athletes? I think that the first thing that pops up into my head is that it's a huge time management for them with their school and they're having to practice every day after school and they're having to arrange their schedules and be held accountable with coaches checking in on their grades and being part of the team and it's just a lot for them to manage and some of these girls at least on my team have never been on a team or have never played sports every single day so they're also feeling tired and sore so I think that having to even just push through that and having to hold themselves accountable for staying on top of school, making sure that their behavior is on point and making sure that they're getting enough sleep and taking care of themselves is just a whole new thing for a lot of them. So I think that pushing through that and becoming better on the other side and the perseverance that that takes is a huge personal growth for all of the girls. For me, something 
really, really super big. And, and this is personal to myself. So maybe I can shape it from my own story. But um, I, I had a really rough childhood growing up. And the thing that kept me away from all things bad were sports team and coaches. And so I used sports as an opportunity to to build my life up. And I used sports as an opportunity to overcome adversity. I learned through sport that struggle is part of life. Struggle is part of the game. And I, I learned to, I learned a coach taught me the concept of embracing the suck. Like lots of things about sports suck. Conditioning sucks. Running lines for missing free throws sucks. Um, losing sucks. Sometimes when we don't get a lot of playing time sucks. But um, embracing that and understanding that if you continue to push through, you continue to have a growth mindset of I'm getting better, this is getting easier, you will find yourself feeling very proud of your accomplishments, even if they're very small. And so I think sports for me just really taught me how to overcome adversity, to maintain positivity and and continue just driving through the things that were hard because I knew that if I kept working hard, there would be something good coming out at the end, whether that be for myself or my team or our program or whatever it might be. Like I just knew that struggle was a part of the game and um, persevering through that and, and making sure that you know that really helps you get to the other side. So for personal growth, I think just learning to overcome adversity, to embrace the struggle and to kind of enjoy the process was a huge thing that I learned. And it is something that I want to bring to, to my girls as well. Yeah. And, you know, like we've said earlier, we, we like to win. I'm competitive. I, I love winning. I think that's great. But there are more ways to win than just getting more points than the other team. And that's what I've been sharing with a lot of my teams because I've had a lot of success in the in the past with my teams winning. But to me, that's not the ultimate measure of winning. It's how much you can grow as a player and as a person through the course of a season. And that's kind of hard to grasp at this age. But really, everyone who comes out and really puts in an effort in practice and during games and in the season, they're getting better. And that is a win. That's a win personal growth is should be at this age the ultimate measure of am I winning are we winning and when we're getting better as a team and getting better as individuals and having fun and learning how to be a better person that's a win okay I think that's all we have time for I want to thank all of you for your time and for coming on to this the inaugural episode of our podcast and I wish you and your students the best of luck with the rest of the season